0: It's a a real honor when they ask an old retired preacher to preach. And uh, I appreciate that. I hope Pastor Scott's staying warm up there in Alaska right now, and he's probably watching us. But he's done it. We've had a fantastic series thus far on the names of God. And I thought about the, all the names of God. There are 99 plus names of God. And I thought, well, what, what name of God do I know close to my heart? And, of course, I thought of Jesus as God. God is God. And then I thought of the Holy Spirit. And I said, that's it, the Holy Spirit, the name of God. And I look in the Scriptures, and... I'm reminded of 40 plus years ago when I first started in the ministry. And I was in a little Southern Baptist church and a pastor came in to do a two-week revival, if you can believe that. We were religious people back then. We, We sat there every night for two solid weeks and the women would go in the afternoons. We thought nothing of it. Try that today. I don't know if we'd have anyone show up or not. But I sat there in the pew that evening. I'd already received Christ as my Savior and Lord. And this pastor, Baptist preacher, said, "We're going to look at being filled with the Holy Spirit this evening." And I thought, "Hmm, what's that?" And he went into the scriptures on being filled with the Spirit. At the end of the service, he said, now how many of you would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have power to witness and have your life change completely? When tough times come, the Holy Spirit will help you through. The Holy Spirit will help you understand the scriptures and on and on. He went, I said, yeah, well, you know, I'd like that. So I came up to the altar. We always came to the altar and knelt down. And he said, what you have to do, you have to pray to God right now and ask him to forgive you of all your sins. I said, oh, my goodness, I got a lot of time. But God, forgive me all my sins. He said, when you feel like your sins are all forgiven, I'm going to come and lay hands on you and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. And I'm thinking, well, OK, let's see what that does. So he came down and he laid hands on us and prayed for us. And then he said, "Oh, everybody now, thank the Lord for filling you with the Holy Spirit." All the people at the altar, we thank the Lord for filling us, and that was it. We went home. And I'd always heard about this thing about the Holy Spirit and people do strange things and this and that. And I thought, well, maybe maybe I didn't get it. The next morning, Sunday morning, we had a jail ministry, and I would uh, preach. And I noticed I never could get their attention. And I never seemed to connect with them. But I'm telling them about Jesus. I'm testifying to them. That next morning, I went in there. And within five minutes, I was preaching. And they were listening. And people were coming to the Lord. And it dawned on me. Maybe that little old preacher from Kissimmee was right. (laughs) Maybe I am filled with the Holy Spirit. And I noticed the power to witness from that time on. I noticed a lot of other things too. Well, I could go into that for a long time, but I won't. I want to read one scripture. It's found in Ephesians, the fifth chapter. We're warned as Christians, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. How many think the days are evil today? Oh, me too therefore don't be foolish but understand that what the Lord's will is we'd like to know what the Lord's will is do not get drunk on wine. how many have been drunk no do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be ye filled with the Spirit now that's a that's a command be filled with the Spirit and I thought, well, I could tell all those people this morning how, you know, how I was filled and what goes on. But they've heard things from the preacher before. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit reminded me, hey, see if there's someone in the congregation who's a respected member of the congregation would give their testimony about the Holy Spirit. So I didn't have to think too long. Lee Richter came to mind she leads a women's Bible study. She, uh, she's got all the credentials. She's been married to Bob for 30 years. God bless him. Uh, <laughs> they have three sons together, and, and she says one uh, bonus son. I don't know how long you've led the women's Bible study, but she served 34 years with crew, and, uh, but she sits in the pew with you every Sunday. So Lee, come on up here and share what God has given you. Would you give her a round of applause if she comes and shares? Thank you, Thank
1: you so much for giving me this opportunity to um, just explain about my experience and interaction with the Holy Spirit. Um, for all my lovely choir family, I'm known as the mom of the choir baby. I want you to know he graduates from high school on Thursday. Don't we all feel old now? All right. Um, so, <laughs> am I allowed to have a favorite in the Trinity? Because if I am, God the Holy Spirit is truly my fave. Now, before you protest, I want you to know that I absolutely love what Jesus did for me and for you, and coming to earth to allow us to understand how God loves us and His understand how God the Father's heart is for us, how he gets us, you know. And then he took on every one of my sins and yours when we didn't deserve it. Uh, And then... well, we didn't deserve for him to do that, and then he endured a brutal beating and death through crucifixion on our behalf before he was victoriously resurrected so that we can also be resurrected and live eternally with the Trinity in heaven, having our our sins totally paid for. (sighs) Okay, it's a wonderful thing. I love you, Jesus. Thank you. But God knows me, And he made me, and he knows that I tend to focus on the here and now, and I get really frustrated when I can't live the Christian life the way I think I should, according to the Word of God. So someone shared with me some really practical Holy Spirit stuff that revolutionized the way I live. And I wanted to share them with you so we're all on the same page. Um, So at this time, I'm gonna do something kind of weird, but I'm gonna give you all permission to take out your phones. Make sure they're on silent. And then there is a URL, internet address, and I'd love for you to zoom in on that and take a picture of it. So you can go ahead and do that while I'll keep talking. That will lead you to what's called the Holy Spirit Resource Kit. Like, I really feel like the best part of this message will be just me sharing about the different ways the Holy Spirit works. And so I'm gonna hit some highlights, but all the details, all the verses, all at that spot in the Holy, resource kit, Holy Spirit resource kit. Okay, there are some basic things I learned about the Holy Spirit which really shaped my walk with God. And I'm going to share just the highlights, then I'm going to share examples and stories. Okay, of why he's my favorite and what he has done in me, to me, through me, and despite me. Um, but again, don't take my word for it just because I'm standing up here just because all the nice things that Pastor John said. You can go check it out for yourself at the um, Holy Spirit resource kit, okay? Um, I wanna start off with sharing a quote that Gail Porter shared with us two weeks ago when she gave the message. So I don't know if y'all know, but um, our services are recorded and on Facebook so that you can go back and watch them, if you miss it or if you wanna see it again. And so I did that and I drew out this quote that Gail Porter shared. Although our body is resting and asleep at night, Our soul, our spirit, is in constant, full contact with the Spirit of God. So let's look at this word called indwelt. The Word of God says we receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit the moment we surrender our lives to Him. And by faith, we receive His gift of salvation, bought on the cross of Calvary, which we celebrate at Easter. Um, So I made that decision when I was 17 years old out of an unchurched, culturally Buddhist family. I knew next to nothing about Christianity or church, um, but I understood I needed a Savior, and He was the one that I had been searching for. So I started to grow spiritually as I read this Bible. And I thought it was cool that there was an Italian book in the Bible called Malachi, and there was a book about careers called Job, I mean, I really had no idea, you know. Um, But I just had a great youth group leader at the time who was so patient and answered all my questions. And I'm going to use this moment as a shameless plug for this church's youth ministry. If you would like to bankroll or pray for this church's youth ministry, I'd love for you after the service to go see Pastor Garrett and um, talk to, about how you can get involved with what he's doing and support him because it made a whole difference in my life. Um, but my spiritual growth exploded when I finally understood who this Holy Spirit dude is. Um, so let's look at Ephesians 1:13 and 14 in the NIV version. And it says... And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Okay, let's talk about this deposit thing. What kinds of things would you want to put a deposit on that you would pay in advance for? And I'll take the first three answers, just project them up to me. What kinds of things would you, what? A home, yep, you wanna buy a house, townhouse, condo, whatever, you put a deposit down. What else? A cruise. A cruise? Oh, I'd love to go on one of those. (laughs) Yes, you have to put a deposit down to keep your reservation, right? Okay, third thing. A car, exactly. So you put a deposit down and then get a loan or whatever, right? So the thing about deposits is um, you put down a deposit on something you really want, right? Whether it's a service, a cruise, a purchase, a house, um, you know, a car. It's something you really want. God gave us a deposit to show he really wants us. Let that sink in for a minute. But the other word that I really love besides deposit in that verse is guarantee. It's a guarantee. It's a lifetime warranty. And I know for me as a consumer, if there's something that has a lifetime warranty, I am more apt to buy it than if it had a six-month warranty, right? Somebody who really believes in their product and everything. So is a lifetime warranty and a guarantee. But wait, there's more. The Holy Spirit dwelling in us is not just so that we can know we have eternal life. It's not just so God could fulfill his promise to never leave us or forsake us. The Holy Spirit is our lifeline to God. It's our lifeline to God the Father, God the Son, and our lifeline to the power of the Godhead, three distinct individuals in the Trinity. So in order for a Christian to live a Christian lifestyle, we have to really embrace that Holy Spirit lifeline. Um, So let me tell you what it says in um, the Holy Spirit Resource Kit. So it means daily surrendering my will and desires and making God's uh, ways the way I want to live. Let me say it again because I stumbled. Daily surrendering my will and desires and making God's ways the way I want to live. Quote, though all Christians are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, not all Christians are filled by the Holy Spirit. Being filled means to be directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So whenever I say filled, you can say directed and empowered. If I say directed and empowered, you can say filled. It means same thing. But this can be really confusing, can it? I mean, if we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit within us upon salvation, why do we need more? Do we leak some and therefore need a fill-up? You know, Anybody else ever wonder about this? I just got confused. I mean, didn't grow up in church, so I didn't know this stuff. So let's look at a verse which uses the word filling. Ephesians 5.18. And um, I like this version, Pastor John, <laughs> in the Holy Holman Christian Standard Bible. And here's why. It says, and don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled by the Spirit. So other versions say debauchery and dissipation, and I don't know what those things are, and so that's just not my vibe. But leading to reckless actions, oh, I can totally, totally relate to that, especially in my BC Before Christ days. But don't just think it's the right words because it's on the screen. Definitely want to encourage you to look it up afterwards. So in the interest of time, let's look at what I think is the most important word in the verse, and that's the word Filled. Now, this is the part where I'm gonna sound like a scholar, but on all actuality, I done look it up on Google, so you can too, all right? So the Greek word filled has two really important things to know about it. Number one, it's a Greek present tense verb, and it's not like English, right? So Greek present tense means, it indicates a continuing action something that happens continuously or repeatedly, or something that is already in the process of happening. And so we can really translate it as this, be filled by the Spirit continuously over and over again, or be filled again and again, rinse and repeat. As is happening now, keep being filled. So the second important thing about the word um, filled is that it has a mood. Greek words have a mood. And this is in the imperative mood, the imperative vibe. Thinking imperative, imperial, empire, Darth Vader of Star Wars. It's a command, imperative commanded, which I know you had also said before. That's the way my brain works. We are Star Wars fans in our house. Um, So the Greek doesn't leave anything to guess. We are to do it, period, commanded. But therefore, it's a command to do it over and over and over again. But why do we need to do this over and over again? I mean, is it once enough? No, it's because we sin over and over again. So let me explain that real quick. See, we have this communication pathway and fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. His love and fellowship and insight flows freely back and forth on a Holy Spirit highway. But when a believer sins, it kind of breaks that fellowship. It does not change the relationship as one of his, but it breaks the fellowship. And it muddies that communication on the Holy Spirit highway. So when we sin, we're basically yanking God out of the driver's seat of our lives and saying that we can do it better uh, than the perfect, almighty, all-knowing God. I mean when we sin that's what we're telling him right So the key to being empowered and directed or filled by the Holy Spirit is keeping the channels of communication open between our spirit and the Holy Spirit All right I'm going to I just feel like we need to recap real quick You already know that when you surrender your life to receive Christ's gift of salvation and eternal life your sins are forgiven past present and future And when you surrender your life to Him, you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit inside of your heart and soul. So our sins are already forgiven and not held against us, and our eternal salvation is intact. That's what the Word of God says. But we know that Christian believers do still sin. And each sin starts kind of squeezing shut that Holy Spirit highway of communication. So how do we ever experience the Holy Spirit then? I mean, doesn't it seem kind of cruel, kind of like putting a piece of candy in front of a a kid and saying you can't have it? How do we get filled with the Spirit again? How do we have a clear Holy Spirit highway and be back in fellowship with God again? So you can see all the verses and details in that Holy Spirit resource kit, and I'd love to share it all with you because it's so key to the Christian life. Um, But I think it's so much better when you can take your time read it at your own pace, and just digest it. But I'm gonna read three quotes that you can find there. Unconfessed sin blocks our fellowship with God and others and hinders our prayers. Have you ever felt those times of prayer where you just feel like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and not really connecting with God? That could be one reason. Second, it's when we confess our sins to the Lord that we can experience his forgiveness here on earth, that the forgiveness that is already ours through salvation. And when we confess our sins to the Lord and experience his forgiveness anew, we also experience the Spirit's power unhindered and have clear channels of communication with him. So let's look at 1 John 1.9. Love this verse. It, It really did change my life. Um, It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So um, I'm going to share with you a metaphor that was shared with me in college 37 years ago. You can do the math. Um, And I've never forgotten it because I'm just like a visual person. And this was so easy for me to remember. And it is also in the Holy Spirit Resource Kit. And it's called Spiritual Breathing. So you remember from science class, when we exhale, we're getting rid of waste gas. We're getting rid of carbon dioxide. And when we inhale, we are inhaling that rich, life-giving oxygen. So we can use that. So when we exhale, we can use that for confession. Confession is just agreeing with God. Oh, yeah, that thing I did, it was sin. I'm really sorry. Um, Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. You know, we could just exhale all that bad stuff out. And then when we inhale, because if we exhale, there's an inhale, just like we breathe in that good oxygen, we can surrender afresh to God. Surrender is just simply yielding control of our lives to God and relying on the Holy Spirit to lead and empower us. So basically, we're putting God back in the driver's seat of our life. We're yielding our control. And some people describe this as breathing in the forgiveness that we know is already ours through salvation and just kind of experiencing that anew, right? Okay, there is seldom in life that is 100% guarantee, but I'm going to give you one. I can absolutely 100% guarantee that if you spiritually breathe, doing the exhale um, confession and the inhale, putting him back, uh, on the throne of our lives, your spiritual life will explode in growth and power beyond what you've never seen. I mean, be- I mean be- more than you have ever seen before. Hundred percent guarantee. And what I want to hear in the coming weeks is not, "Oh, you did such a great job up there, Leah." You know, if unless you think differently. But what I want to hear is, "I tried it, and it works." I want you to test what I just challenged you to do. All right? So to learn spiritual breathing, to learn this process of being filled with the Spirit, maybe start in the evening as you reflect upon your day, the choices you made. And if the Holy Spirit reveals anything that you need to confess, just use that spiritual breathing. Exhale. Inhale. Um... So when I'm directed and empowered and filled by the Holy Spirit and have open communication with the Holy Spirit, and that two-way street is clear, the Holy Spirit unleashes his power. It's already in there, but he can unleash it unhindered. Um, And when he is unleashing his power on the daily, it's called walking in the Spirit, which you can also read in your Bibles. So when the Holy Spirit freely unleashes his power in the midst of our surrender and in the middle of our faith in him, he does incredible things. He often will use that surrendered time to reveal spiritual gifts um, or maybe transform difficult areas in our lives. For some, many in this church, they've received the gift of tongues in that time. For others, they've received maybe the gift of discernment or prophecy or healing. Cool things happen when you surrender to God. But now for the meat. What else does that look like? So I love reading biographies. I think it's the way God made me. Um, My favorite learning method is modeling. If I have to learn a um, new software program, I need someone to kind of show me, click here, do this, instead of giving me a manual to read. And so I um, I love seeing how things happen in other people too. So if you're like me and you need to hear real life stories to understand how the Holy Spirit may work in the lives of real earth people, I got a few stories for you. But this is going to take your um, participation as well. So um, after I read a story, if you've had a similar situation with the Holy Spirit, I want you to just raise your hand and praise the Lord that That the Holy Spirit moved through you because when you also raise your hand if there's anybody around you that really wants to know more about the Holy Spirit and that kind of experience they know who to go talk to so you could just go ahead and raise your hand after I tell the story all right story number one the Holy Spirit helps me think creatively beyond my own abilities I am not the creative one in my family my husband Bob is I once was really proud of myself, and I drew, he's, he's grimacing because he knows, I drew something on one of the kids' toys, and I was so proud of it because I thought, oh, I got the neck just right, and I showed it to Bob, and I said, what do you think? And he goes, you gave the duck four legs. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, I am not the creative one, Okay. So one year I was in my neighborhood Publix and I went into the checkout line and the cashier goes, oh, how are you today? And I said something like, well, I got my share of challenges, but I'm good. And I just thought it would stop right there. But then the teenage girl bagging my groceries says, there's something different about you. You're always so centered and peaceful. And out of my mouth came, it's because of my personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, whoa. That flowed out of my mouth without me even thinking about it. I mean and usually when that happens, I get in big trouble. So um, As soon as I said that almost immediately the cashier goes I believe in God and when she said that my heart got all warm. So I know she must be telling the truth That was so cool. I just gotta tell you So nothing more happened in that moment, but crystal the bagger became crystal the cashier and so I tried to choose her checkout lane every time I went to Publix to try and just build those relational bonds. So near Christmas time, the Holy Spirit gave me an idea. I bought a small little book. I think it was called John 3:16, and it explained the gospel. So I wrapped it up in Christmas paper and put a bow on it, and I just put it in my grocery store bag and just hoped that she would be working her shift that day. So. Um, I got into her lane one day and I put all my, my food up on the conveyor belt and then I put the gift and then I put that stick at the very end. So she's scanning all my food. She gets to the gift and goes and she just freezes. She's like what's that? And I said Merry Christmas Crystal. Do you remember that time that you asked me why you know you mentioned that I was like centered and peaceful. Well I bought you a little something that explains it and I hope you really enjoy it. And then I got a little worried because I didn't see her for a while after that, and a, a couple years later, I found out she had moved to a different Publix to work, but she had also received Christ. And God had even put people around her at that new location to lead her to Christ. I mean, you know, you know I'm convinced that it was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Crystal noticing something, him giving me the words to say, what that cashier said, and then giving me the creativity for that gospel gift. That's not me. That's the Holy Spirit. Did anybody else experience creativity that he gave you that you never would have come up with on your own? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next story. The Holy Spirit gives me secret information. One year in our women's Bible study, I was praying for one of the women in our small group during, um, our, in between our Wednesday night sessions. She had asked prayer for a family member uh, of hers. But during the week as I was praying for her, I kind of felt this little nudge in my heart to pray something in addition to that. So the next Wednesday night, I told her, I said, the Holy Spirit just told me to pray this as well her mouth drops open she was in shock and she said how did you know to pray that i didn't tell anybody in the group that and she goes i have chill bumps on my arms and so um she then told me why the holy spirit had told me to pray that um who told me to pray that the holy spirit dude told me to pray that there's no way i could have known that anybody else holy spirit secret information it's like an inner spy all right The Holy Spirit lets me know when I have done or said something that wasn't the best thing to do or say or just plain wrong. Orlando traffic. Look, Pastor Scott is not the only one who struggles with the traffic around him. One year in our women's Bible studies, we studied the book of Numbers uh, and the book was called Learning Contentment in a Culture of More. Where are my women out there, right? if you were in that one. So one of the things we had to do was wear a beautiful beaded bracelet gifted to us for the Bible study. And every time we complained, we had to flip it to the next wrist. Well, every time I was in traffic, I was flipping it from wrist to wrist and, and spiritually breathing. You know, I still struggle with complaining about the driver who just cut me off or the one who took the left turn from the right turn lane, or the texting driver who's driving 10 miles under the speed limit and weaving in and out of their lane. I mean, anybody else struggle with that? Thank you. I knew I'd see a lot of hands on that one. Um, It was the Holy Spirit who showed me my complaining heart. Can I just say, um, it was him who I called upon to help me in that area of my life, and I got so much better, Um, but I'm not perfect in that. And the Holy Spirit isn't always the one who has to point that out to me. A few years after that Bible study was over, my son Nathaniel says to me, hey mom, maybe you need to get that bracelet out again. (laughs) Thank you so much, son, you're grounded. (laughs) Spiritually breathe, spiritually breathe. Anybody else have God speak to them through their child? Isn't it great? Not, okay. The Holy Spirit is funny and fuels my weird sense of humor. Now, just a few weeks ago in our Thursday virtual women's Bible studies, our workbook asked us to name our favorite Jesus stories. So one of the women said um, she really liked it when Mary was told by the angel that she was going to have a baby while a virgin. Someone else chose the blind guy who Jesus put mud on and gave him sight for the very first time. And I was going to read what was in my workbook, but all of a sudden this thought came sailing into my head and heart, doubting Thomas. What? John chapter 20. Verse 24, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger in his side, I will not believe. Verse 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you, And then he turns to Thomas. Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Like, ooh. I mean, were those holy holes like an any belly button where they're all healed and nice? Or were they still, like, gross and filled with dried blood? I mean... You know, just kind of creepy to me. Um, and it was so in Thomas's face, wasn't it? It's like, I heard what you said, even though I wasn't there at the time. You know, I'm God. Um, and so what do you think Thomas did? I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us, really. I mean, was he like, uh, okay, I'll touch, touch. I believe you. I'm good. You know, getting nauseous? Or was he like, gung-ho, let's go. Touch, 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 touch. You know, or was he like, uh nah, I'm good, Jesus. I can see the holes. I believe you. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, but those are just weird thoughts, weird sense of humor, and where did that thought of holy holes come from? I believe it was the Holy Spirit's sense of humor that to give me that stupid answer so that we would digest his word more deeply together. Anybody? Anybody weird sense of humor? Uh, Okay, I'm the only one. All right. I got a couple more stories. I'm going to skip a couple of them and because of time. I'm going to tell you the, the, the titles of these stories, and then if you want to know, you can ask me later. The Holy Spirit can sometimes give weird advice you don't expect when you least expect it. Anybody? All right. All right. The Holy Spirit can transform destructive or out-of-control areas of our lives. This is actually not my story. Uh, it's about my husband. And he wrote part of this, okay? So let me just do an intro here. Bob will tell anyone and everyone that the Holy Spirit can absolutely transform a person's life. All right. Let me make a somewhat discriminatory yet truthful statement about Bob's kind. One of the smallest minority groups in the world and found within every ethnic group in the world. Facts. Facts. It's the redhead. (laughs) Serious. He told me that, by the way. Anyway, so after having a redheaded supervisor named Tom who had a redheaded daughter named Tamara, my redheaded coworker named Cindy, a redheaded Melody Burns, and a redheaded spouse, Bob, I have come to the conclusion that redheads genetically have this one thing in common. Here it comes. They all feel their emotions deeply surprisingly deeply, maybe much more than the people around them. And that's usually a great thing. Think about it. Deeper compassion, deeper sympathy, deeper empathy. It's great, except when it isn't. Bob says the greatest evidence of the Holy Spirit in his life is the lack of a temper. Deep anger used to come easily and quickly. He used to have a violent, hair-trigger temper and was angry all the time. But as the Holy Spirit began to work in his life, the Holy Spirit took that temper and violence away from him. By the time I met him, that part of his life was long gone. In fact, I remember being kind of incredulous when, the, when his family would tell me about his past anger because Bob is a tremendously easygoing, patient, and jovial person with a great sense of humor and is a great listener. Now, he can still get angry, especially if somebody is messing with his wife, kids, or his friends, and then the anger beast emerges again. Um, I think that might be the protection DNA that God puts into men, though. But God can absolutely transform different areas of our lives if we would just surrender control of our lives to him. Anybody? Anybody have their lives transformed by the Holy Spirit? Yeah, yeah. All right, here's another story I'm gonna skip. Um, You can ask me about later. The Holy Spirit can give us red flag moments, alerts, or cautionary gut instincts. Sometimes people refer to them as checks in their spirit. Anybody? All right, if you want that, talk to one of those people. Um, Another one I'm going to skip is called The Holy Spirit Gets Us Without Saying a Word. Eh, I think I'm supposed to say this one, okay? I was going to skip it, but I think I'm going to go ahead. Um, There have been a few times when my heart was just breaking. Uh, It was like over something really hurtful or a great loss. I couldn't even form words to pray. I just laid on the bed and cried. But it was him, the Holy Spirit, who reminded me I didn't need to form any words. Romans 8:26 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Not only do I not need to have any words to tell him how I'm feeling, but he isn't using any words either when he's telling God the Father and Jesus the Son about what's happening with me. Last one, the Holy Spirit can make us appear smarter than others think we are (laughs) as he speaks through us. The freshest example of what the Holy Spirit can do is right now. I am no theologian. I am not an experienced speaker, preacher, teacher. I did not grow up in a Christian family. I did not start going to church till I was 16 when a high school friend invited me to her youth group. I received Christ the next year and began this journey with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So all that I'm sharing with you today is because of the Holy Spirit flowing through me. Y'all are seeing lived out before you on this platform what astonished the people Uh, the New Testament people in Jesus's earthly days, they were amazed when they heard some uneducated fishermen preaching just like they were fully educated rabbis. And I do like fishing, I will say. Do any of these stories sound attractive to you? Does any of this sound like what you aren't experiencing, but you'd like to? So just like when we choose God's gift of salvation through Jesus, it starts with the very same thing, this being filled by the Spirit. It starts with surrender, followed by an act of faith. Y'all, God the Holy Spirit is my lifeline here on earth. He's more than a still small voice. He's more than a thought. He's more than a comforter. He's God, and I want him in my every day. I don't wanna live here on this yucky earth without him. He makes the challenges and hurts of this world bearable. And he is a ray of light in my darkness. He helps me hang on when I don't think I can anymore. Yes, he's a person of the most awesome Godhead who could ever exist. Yes, he was there in the beginning, and he's eternal. Yes, he's God, and he is mine, and he can be yours too. So if you'd like to surrender your life to Jesus in true humility, acknowledging that you can't live life on earth without him, and if you'd like to receive his gift of salvation as the payment for all your wrong choices so that you may enter into heaven when your days here are up and thereby receive the deposit of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing your future destination, fulfilling God's promise he would never leave you, and if you'd like to live and walk and be continuously filled with the incredible supernatural power of the Holy Spirit we'll have a time at the end of the service when you can place your trust and faith in Jesus for salvation and if this lifestyle of walking in the spirit by faith being continuously filled with the Holy Spirit spiritually breathing and experiencing the Holy Spirit in your every earthly moment you can express that surrender and faith through prayer. So we are filled by the Holy Spirit by faith alone. However, prayer is one way that you can express that faith. And so I have a suggested prayer. It's not magical. It's just a model of how you could express that. Let me read it to you. Dear Father, I need you. I admit I have been directing my own life and that as a result, I have sinned against you. I thank you that you have forgiven my sins through your death on the cross for me. I now invite you, God, to take your place on the throne of my life again. Direct, empower, and fill me with you, Holy Spirit, as you commanded me to be filled, and as you promised in your word that you would do if I asked in faith. I now thank you, God, for directing my life and for filling me with your Holy Spirit. And that's it. If we could learn how to do this every time after we sin, that Holy Spirit highway is going to be clear and have so much power and praise going each way. And the exciting end result is that this big-time surrender always comes with big-time unleashing of Holy Spirit power. And it's because of all that He's my favorite.
0: well thank you Lee. we're going to close with a spiritual chorus that i think invites the holy spirit in welcome holy spirit we welcome you i hope you welcome the holy spirit into your life afresh today many of you've been filled with the spirit like me but we need constant fillings of the spirit not a one-time thing it's a constant we need a refreshing So during this chorus, if you'd like to come here, we'll be glad to lay hands on you and pray for you to be refilled with the Spirit. It can change your life, change your marriage, change your whole attitude about the future. So would you stand?